BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yo, what's goody fam? Welcome to the Human Behavior Mastery Podcast, where we talk about all things human behavior, how to understand yourself better, how to understand others around you, so that you can create a better business, a better life, and ultimately a better you. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. I have a very, very, very special guest, somebody very near and dear to my heart, my soul, my being, um, Mr. Shannon Austin. Yo, on? yo, 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 yo. What's happening? This finally is a thing, man. Yeah, it's, it's, we're here now. Yeah, we are here. Yes, this is. This has the potential to be a very, very spicy, raw, <laughs> <laughs> a spicy, raw. Mucho caliente. A spicy, raw episode. So, yeah, Mucho yeah. caliente. You got, you, you got, you got a kid from the Bronx and a, and a kid from Philly. Oh, here from Philly. Oh, hey, What's no. going on for your born and raised <laughs> you know, on the playground? It's where I spent most no, of my man, days. Jones and all that. Jones and all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, y'all's a man. Yeah, it was good. Um, so yeah, you know, just a little bit about you know Shannon and I's relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, probably about. I want to say like 10 years now, maybe. Maybe like 10 years now. Um, met on the prayer line. Uh, shout out to all the brothers on the prayer line. Past, present, future. Past, present, and future. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the legacy, the lineage that is the prayer line. But met on the prayer line. And Shannon um, has been uh, a big brother to me. Has been, um, you know, a, a mentor, a confidant. You need to identify you know, that properly. Uh, you know that's not a full, you know. No, brother the, that's not fully. No, I was getting there. Was oh, getting, okay. All right. Oh, yeah, my bad. Been, you know, it's <laughs> been, been a, <laughs> Yeah, he's been a big brother to me, has been a, a mentor, a confidant, has uh, really been like an adoptive father. He's adopted me as his as his son. There it is. Um, and, you know, part of, part of you know, father-son relationships you know, there's there's love, but there's straightening, and, <laughs> and Shannon is known to getting that ass a couple of times, 
when when necessary. I've been so, known. I've been known. Yeah, but it's all in love, though, right? And so I think that that is one of the most important things, at least for me, is the demonstration of love in that particular way, mm, in mm-hmm. a very like paternal, very like man to man kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, the straightening, but also the love. You know what right, I'm saying? So, right, right. Um, I can confidently say, without a doubt. I am not the man that I am today without Shannon's fingerprint on me. You know what I'm saying? So oh, wow, I'm grateful heavy. to you. Um, but we always we always have this this banter, these uh, whether we just shooting the shit or we have like intellectual conversations. And you know we would we have been talking about the importance of mindset mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. particularly like mind over matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and the, the importance of that and how that plays out and how those tentacles are attached to sort of everything that we do mm-hmm. um, as men, you know, or, you know, or just in general. But, Shane, tell the people a little bit about yourself, and then we're we going to get into what we do. You know what I'm saying? To, to a little bit about us, I think whenever that first conversation about what came first, the chicken or the egg, Whoever that cost, we have we have we have been reincarnated <laughs> as those people because that's a conversation that we would have. That kind of, to me, kind of crystallizes our you know how, you know a good majority of our interactions. Mm-hmm. Like just asking the question that appears to be obvious, mm-hmm. but it's not obvious. But it still needs to be asked. But why would you ask it? But we find growth and development in the asking of the question and trying to flesh out the answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yep. saying? So um, I thank you for being one of the few people on, on the planet that have chosen to enter a space to challenge me, mm. to not accept my bullshit. Like, if you're not going to accept, if I give you, like, a, a bullshit answer, <laughs> like, you're just not going to accept that. Like it's that's not enough. You're gonna cause me to go deeper or look deeper or 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 not make any excuses, but to get to the 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 meat of the matter, mm-hmm. right? And um and I don't have a lot of that in my life. Either people don't want want fool with me like that. Mm. And uh, is this can I can yeah, I be we, fool, uh, okay? Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be raw. We're gonna be honest. Right. <laughs> like like I have that person is just like he crazy i don't feel like you know just even having any interaction with him and so they just leave me completely alone yeah or then i have the ones that um don't feel like engaging me but don't want to throw me away so they don't give me their full mind to access and to engage with and and you have um you have been you have been that like for me and so much more, but definitely that, uh, which is probably more valuable to me than anything. You allow me to be, you you, you accept the full weight of Shannon. You you don't want me to temper me at all, all. and um, and that I think that has been you know one of the reasons why I'm so endeared to you is because I have that, and it's what I I have with my sons. And it's what I wanted with my dad, mm. but I didn't have that, you know. So, but yeah, man, me, I'm just, I'm just, man, a guy that just wants to see the best experienced in everybody, man. And um, 
um, just I, I became, um, I grew into this guy that, that, and it came from pain. It came from trauma. I, I could describe it as trauma, right? Right? Because, <laughs> okay, so why I'm so, why, I'm, I'm a person that's very, very straightforward, right? Yeah. Straight shooter. I, I, shoot, I, shoot, I shoot straight. But that came from the pain of a, a, a woman that I was interested in, to, interested in not being honest with me about my feelings about her and not being able to just tell me I'm not feeling you like that. Mm. Just tell me that, right? So they would beat around the bush. Oh, you're like a big brother. Or, oh, I don't want to damage our friendship. And I'm like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to be friends with the person that you're also in love with? That didn't make sense to me. Like you want to be best friends with someone, but that was an excuse because they didn't find the courage, couldn't find the courage to just simply say, I'm not feeling you like that. So I would prefer, like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but yeah, you know, because we're, we're eons apart. <laughs> right. We're about, we're about 20 plus years apart. You, you could, know? you could definitely be my pops in age. Right. For sure. And so, um, but you know, back in the day when we went to the club, you as, politely and respectfully as you could, you would ask a young lady to dance. Now she's sitting there chair dancing, like getting her little groove on. She's with her girls. She's having a drink. And then I, I come over. Now, here was the challenge for me. The challenge for me was I, I, I feared rejection. Mm. Like, like to my, to this day, I said rejection is a challenge for me. Right. And so it would seem like the, room would stretch out as I got up to walk <laughs> to add, you know, that's, you know, that effect uh -huh. that they do in the movies. And it just seemed like they were getting further and further away from me. And I'm like, ah. and it, but it already took me so much time to get the courage to ask them to dance. So now I'm now making the physical move that I need to make to ask. And she's over there dancing in her chair and having a drink and talking to her girls. And you go and you ask the young lady to dance. And she says, no, well, her friends are there dancing and chair dancing in the chair as well. So it's like, okay, well, you're not interested in dancing. Would you like the next young lady? Would you like to? Oh, you're going to ask my friend to dance? Well, wait a minute. Well, hold on. Hold on. You, you, I asked you, you said no. So, this, so that means I, I now the rest of the party that you're with is off limits for me to dance with? See, that's the trick. That's the tricky. That's the tricky one, right? When you, you in the club and you. Or you just out and about, you gotta be real strategic about how to how to get the friends to be cool while you try to holler at the one. Right. And then hope that interaction goes well, because then you might have a whole chick mob right. situation. So see, for me, I was no respecter of persons. Y'all all are attractive people. I don't know you at all. Mm. So if you're not interested in me, then I'm gonna move on to the next available option which seems to be your girl sitting next to you but there was this a kind of unwritten kind of a rule that no one shared with me mm -hmm. <laughs> when Mr. it memo. was time for me to go out that, no i didn't miss the memo the memo wasn't sent <laughs> there's this telepathic memo that's going back and forth with them that says well if you don't ask if you ask me first and i tell you no then that puts my girls off limits i couldn't understand that for the life of me 
No one still has been able to explain it to me. And it is, it is, it is a way of operating that I think is disingenuous. Mm. And so that kind of a, for me, it was trauma because you, you want to be, you don't want to be rejected, right? You want to be seen and looked upon as desirable and, and, and someone at least for all intents and purposes, someone at least to dance with, forget Mm. trying to go home and do anything else or have a relationship or whatever. Just would you like to dance? And I couldn't figure that out for the life of me until I went into the army. Mm. Went into the army and um, the, uh, <laughs> they had these, like, so you, you leave when it's time for you to actually go to your basic training unit. They take you with your bags. You got a, one duffel bag and then a backpack. They take you with your bag in a cattle car. So imagine what a, what a, where they load cattle in, but that's what they herd you in as a, as a soldier, as a new soldier. They mm. put you in a cattle car. It's the easiest mode of transportation where you can have your stuff and people stand up. So uh, it's interesting. They drive you. It seems like you're driving for like an hour to get from one place to the next. Really what they were doing was driving us in, in circles, circles yep. <laughs> right? But um, so you drive and you, you get to your, 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 your building where you're going to be staying for the next six to eight weeks. And then your drill sergeants are standing outside. You see them pull up. they got these hats on. It's very menacing and intimidating. And they're like, get off the truck, get off the truck, get off the truck. And you're, everybody's like shuffling and trying to get off and move as fast. Get off, get off. And you're running out. You got your stuff. You're trying to, you know, not drop your stuff. And you're carrying your, and they get on this line, get on this line. And you see people like breaking down. Mm. You see people like literally crying and 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 getting upset and disheveled and nervous instead of just listening to what they were saying. We were lis- they were listening to how it was being said. Right? But because of my background, I went to a military academy and then I was involved in an organizations that uh, an organization that did a lot of drill and ceremony. And so when we messed up, we had to do push-ups. Mm. And so this idea of this kind of mass discipline get it right or you're going to be punished kind of mindset was already instilled in me from the military academy and then from this organization Mm. the organization is called pathfinders and a shout out to all the pathfinders who might know what i'm talking about right (laughs) and so um and so here i am they're yelling and they're yelling and they're yelling and then i didn't know that i had been prepared for this and then here go my one of my drill sergeants. He says, "Yo, listen, it's mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter." And I was like, he kept saying that over and over and over again, and I never got it. Although I was operating in it, I never understood why are you saying that over and over again. And I didn't understand it till later. Um, in my military career and, and uh, going through a divorce and, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, so it's up to me mm-hmm. how I think, a th- think about a thing, process a thing, and allow a thing to affect me. And that, even though initially when I heard it, it wasn't 
revelatory for me then. I was just doing what I knew to do was right, which is I'm not going to listen to them yelling at me. I'm just going to listen to what they're saying, not how they're saying what they're saying. That's that's insightful in and of itself because most people would get caught up in the delivery. The delivery. And miss the message altogether. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, well, you know, you you, said you grew up in Philly, so that – just somebody talking to you sideways. <laughs> right. Similarly in the Bronx, it's like, I, I can't hear the message because right. the way you talking to me. Right. It's reckless. It's crazy. So, right. you know what I mean? But I think that that's an insight in and of itself is just like how we may miss the jewel that's sitting before us because the way in which it was given or delivered to us. I mean, think about it, man. If you If you go back and just look at maybe some altercations, maybe some, you know, some misunderstandings with somebody you were, you were close to or in close relationship with, you know, um, you know, we, we, we got, we honed in on, don't use that tone of voice with me. Yeah. I'm going to be real. I'm big on that. Right. I'm big. Like respect has to be like, so just being honest for me, I, I have to foundationally, I have to have respect. I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. Mother, father, Mm-hmm. child whatever i give people respect and i want respect mm-hmm. in return mm-hmm. you can give it to me or i could take it mm-hmm. that's how i feel mm-hmm. one way or the other mm-hmm. i'm getting into this phase where i'm asking myself the question well how did i get to this relationship this understanding of respect mm-hmm. and why do i care about the respect from this person in particular and what respect actually means. Mm, That part. Because my version of respect, nine times out of ten, is different from theirs. Mm -hmm. And so it's a subjective concept. So subjective. But for me, I'm going to go from start to stupid in 2.2 seconds if I feel feel disrespected. But now I have to reevaluate my relationship with disrespect and then change the way I respond to it mm-hmm. because I don't even know you. So why do I care why, why? about your respect? Why have you? No, no. Or if I don't, if I don't respect you, why do I care about getting the respect from somebody that I don't respect or that, that you know, like doesn't mean anything to me. But here, here's, the, here's an even deeper question that we got to ask. Why have I assigned your tone of voice to disrespect? And where did I get that from? And where did you get that from? Right? So it's like, no. So we would make the assumption that I I was talking to you like this, like, yo, man, you a stupid motherfucker, you know? Like, (laughs) like, you know, why would you do some dumb ass shit like that? My tone would be an indication that I'm respecting you, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. Right. I'm not, I think you're an idiot. I think that, right? But I could be over here like with with the with the with the gas, most gas tone of voice saying, nigga, I want to give you a million dollars. I love you. <laughs> and you're like, yo, man, why are you talking to me like that? Oh, I'm trying to. Oh, you know, what's the cat in New York that he he like busts in on people's like studio sessions and you're talking um, about uh Queens Flip. Queens Flip. His whole like this is what I'm talking about. Well, he comes in with this yo, kicking in the door, rah, rah, rah. But yeah. he's like, yo, give me a hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like comedy. It's funny, but it's aggressive. Right. Yeah. But you would think, the wrong person would think, 
yo, this guy's being mad disrespectful. Yeah. But if you listen to what he's saying, give me a hug, or I would like to you to validate me by giving me a feature or allowing me this space in your, right? Of course, we know it's all comedy, in right? That, right? <laughs> and then they be bugging on him and like, yo, dude, you like, you wild. Like, why are you doing this? But if you, if you use that as the example, it's like tonality, uh, you know, uh, uh, decibel level is not an indication of respect. But then it makes me think that everybody has a preference for how they want to be handled and spoken to. And now we get into the, the back and forth of, well, this is the way that I prefer to be spoken to or the way I choose to be engaged. Mm-hmm. You can either meet me there or not engage me at all mm-hmm. or be met with whatever I deem to be reciprocal energy. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so it's like. But don't make the, don't make, slip up and make the assumption that I care about you I because I acquiesce to your tone that is, that is acceptable to you. Don't you then interpret that as I fool with you. Yes. Because I, then you, you could misinterpret that as, okay, because they acquiesce to my request that they rock with me. I don't, I don't rock with you. I'm just being, uh, 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 you know, polite, and, and, and you're asking me to speak to you in a certain way, in a certain tone, and so I'm going to choose to do that. Yeah, I had, I had somebody t- give me some feedback before I had somebody tell me, like, that I had somebody tell me I'm Jay-Z arrogant. Mm. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what you it's like, yeah, you just kind of like walk in a space, like you know you got right. like all your shit together, like you just, like you cool and you just kind of sit in the room and observe everything that's going on and like, it's like you have this ability to make people feel like you really rock with them and you really don't. Like you, don't, <laughs> like you just kind of like, I'm here, mm. but you have this ability to make a person feel like y'all really, really cool like that. And I'm like, no, but... F- because for me, it's a respect thing. Like, I don't have to tell you that I feel like you're an idiot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I could feel that way and I don't have to share that with you. I don't have to. Again, it's a respect thing. Right, right. And again, for everybody, that looks different. Some people are like, if it comes to my brain, I need to say it. Mm. So then we start getting into, okay, you know, you lack tact. You lack, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But. And I, I took that feedback and I was kind of like, is this how people experience me? Mm-hmm. And what do they take from that? Mm-hmm. For some people, they may be like, you know what? I If somebody didn't think kindly of me, I would appreciate them being that way. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, well, I don't like that. That feels disingenuous. I'm like, I'm not being disingenuous. I just don't feel like I need to tell you right. everything that's on my mind. or all. Now, if you ask me something... Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not shy about telling you, but I just. It's kind of like I. I don't have. I realize I don't have time to give energy to everything because I would never be able to accomplish the things that I'm purposed and assigned to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm selective about what I give energy to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But by making that choice, people receive me a particular way. As well, I mean, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I. Uh, Back to that basic training experience, we had um, a drill. So we had our, you know, the day was planned. It was a weekend, mm. Saturday. Saturday morning, we were having an inspection. And so we 
clean the barracks spotless. Spotless. So we they call us outside to formation. We're in formation. They're talking to us, letting us know what the weekend's going to look like. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the rest of the day after this inspection. So we, um, so they go, what they do is they say, what we want you to do is go up, go up in the barracks, stand by your bunks, and prepare to be inspected. We all walked into the building, you know, ran into the building. Barracks, trash. Trash. I mean, trash everywhere. Beds tossed over. The mattresses tossed over. Just stuff pulled out of our lockers. A mess. And we walking in looking like, yo, we about to have some time off. What is this? You thought. (laughs) So the drill sergeants never came in the building. So we had decided collectively to clean up so that they could inspect us. Mm. We cleaned it up, got the building back to where it was, spotless. And then our drill sergeants came up. They saw us kind of scurrying around. They was like, get outside, get outside, get outside. We all got, got back in formation. Says, we don't know what you guys are doing. We told you we were trying to inspect you, blah, 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 so forth and so on. What we want, they kept us out there for about 15 minutes. What we want you to do is go inside and stand by your bunks. Which means that's the position you're preparing for inspection. All right, fall out. We fall out, we run in the building. Trashed. We did that all day. Wow. Till the last time when we walked in the barracks, we saw that it was trashed. We said, everybody, just stand by your bunks. They came in. They said, all right, <laughs> clean it up and y'all can go. Yeah, see. <laughs> right? So we got so focused on what they were saying. I mean, we got so focused on how they were saying what they were saying. And whatever we thought would happen to us as a result of this barracks not being in good order, that we couldn't listen to and execute on what they were telling us to do. So many times in relationships, right? Our minds take us to the, like these crazy places instead of actually listening to what the person, our significant other, a child, instead of actually listening to what they're saying and complying with the request, we make it about everything else but what they're asking. And that's a mindset that has to die, bro. Yeah. That's making me think about being able to give a person what's wanted and needed, what's Mm. requested versus what I want to give them. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, a thoughtful gesture, my my uh, definition of a thoughtful gesture may look like this, Mm -hmm. but that may not be what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have the the discipline being able to have the ear for attuning myself to deliver it only 
and precisely exactly what you want, what you need, and what you requested. Mm. Yes, I could give you more. I could shower. I could go uh, above and beyond. But this is what you asked me for. Mm -hmm. And being disciplined enough to be patient with that and do it with a smile and do it with good energy and not make it feel like some begrudging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it, it's that I've had to, I ain't gonna lie, I've had to really grow and mature in that area. I would get frustrated. Like, why? Why you why you only want this? Right. Or why won't you accept what I'm trying to give you? Right. I was right. like, I don't like somebody right now could cook me the most flavorful pork chop in the world. Right. I don't eat that. I, you don't eat it. It's no way to dress that up to make me accept it. You can't make me accept something I don't want. But you will get down on that risotto though, won't you? Hey, listen. Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I don't even like <laughs> risotto. Let me tell you something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if y'all seen that video of Will Smith with the auntie. She's like, they trying to stabastize your name. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if somebody was trying to stabastize me my whole life. I don't like risotto, but that risotto, I've been thinking about the risotto since. I don't know what you did or what. I just seen you like getting your little uh, salt bay sprinkling shit on there, but that risotto was fire. <laughs> hey, but even that is a mindset for me now. Like, like for me, it is about the discipline of risotto. Mm. It, it is causing me to think differently about how I do, how I interact with other humans, how I interact with my wife, with with Shirley. Like that is literally risotto is making me a better husband. Mm. Okay, you got to unpack that. Yeah, you just. Right, you can't so, just say that. So, yo, what's goody fam? Listen, I know, I know, I'm gonna let you get back to the episode, but I wanted to take a minute to let you know about the Human Behavior Mastery course. Yes, we have a course that we put together for coaches, consultants, corporate leaders, and entrepreneurs. I know you're listening to the pod, and it's all of this numbers and the, the adaptive and the natural, the D, the I, the attributes. We put together a comprehensive course to walk you through exactly how to understand each one of the personality types, each one of the values, and we're going to show you exactly how to get the most out of each type, what things you need to avoid, what environments to put you in, and what pieces to put around you to be successful. So if you're looking at taking your business, your life, or your relationship to the next level, make sure you go check out the Human Behavior Mastery course. Back to the episode. People think risotto one is a simple dish. It's not a simple dish at all. It's a very complicated dish. People think humans are simple. Mm. So he, he, if you try to approach someone simply at face value, at what they show you in a particular moment, then you're missing probably 95% of a human, a, a human interaction. Because people, for whatever reason, don't present themselves completely. Even in a marriage situation, she might not present herself. She might be stressed about something and might not want to talk about it. Because she's, it, it might upset me or affect me or something like that. So I can't take her at face value. I have to dig deeper. And risotto makes you dig deeper mm. because it's not just rice, mm. right? It's definitely not a pasta dish. That's what some people think it is, right? But it is, it is a, it, it, it is a dish that can produce outstanding results 
from a f- flavor palette perspective if you do it properly and spend the proper time on it. And so, um, you know, one of the things, um, one of the, the like, so, so remember I told you, because yeah, you, you was there watching me make it, right? So remember, I said, once you pour that wine in to, to deglaze the pan, plant, the pan basically and reduce the wine, at that point in time, you're committed to the risotto. You can't walk away from it. If you walk away from it at that point in time, you'll destroy it, right? But that's a that's a critical time that you have to have prepare. You, have, you would have had to prepare for. Mm. So the mise en place, right, which is a fancy French term. I think it's French. I guess it's a French culinary term to say have your shit together, have all of the things that is going to go into this risotto, have it there and ready in the state that you need to add it. Mm. Because if you wait now to chop. I've, I've, I've already uh, added the white wine. If I wait then to grate my cheese, Done. there's no way I can grate the cheese, stir the risotto as much as I need to stir it because it constantly has to be moved. It's constantly moving. And so like these, these fundamental things that I've learned and am learning because I'm planning on, I want to do, do a butternut squash risotto, a roasted butternut squash risotto, right? But for me to do that, I have to first perfect where I am now, mm. right? I have to, one, be in the mindset. Jelani was like, my son, Jelani, um, he was like, uh, you going to make some risotto? And I was like, sure. And I bought all of the ingredients and everything, but something happened, and then uh, so it, it took longer for some, something else to happen. I was on the phone dealing with, with, with a, a situation, and then I was no longer in the mindset to make risotto. I, my, my, I was out of, I, I didn't have what I needed to make that dish and make it based off of what he was expecting it to be. Mm. And so since I knew my head wasn't in the game, I was like, nope, I'm not going to make it. Because I won't mess it up. I don't, because I don't want, I don't want frustration to be a part of the, 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 um, the the process of love that I that that I only make that dish for people I love, period. I won't make it as a as something to do. I won't even make it for myself. It's all for one because it's so much of it, but it's always associated with someone that I love. Mm. And so I got to be in the right mindset for that. I just can't be frustrated and. Sitting there chopping up onions, chopping up uh, uh, shallots, like pissed off, and, and and no, that 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 defeats the purpose. So if I don't get my mind right, mm. or if my mind is not right, then I don't. I, I choose not to engage in that, and I found that to be true with dealing with Shirley. If my mind's not right, I need to pause her and say, "Babe, let's 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 talk about this." at the appropriate time. Let me give me some time. Let me process or let me get my mind right so that I can now come back and give this conversation the attention that it is needed. That's that that is that it deserves. Yeah, I think that's I think that's crucial, right? So there's a lot of things in there and one thank you cuz that risotto was amazing and knowing it came from love, it yeah, that risotto was amazing. But 
I, I can recall from my experience, right? I'm walking in, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, mm-hmm. um, and I'm watching you had everything laid out. And I'm like, okay, he got the apron on. He's surgical about this. He, I mm-hmm. could tell you had, you know, the salmon resting and you working over here. And I'm just like, okay, I'm paying attention to the detail. And then I'm like, well, what is he making? Because that's, I see he got rice over there. I'll start what you do with rice. Then I realized you was making risotto. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm like, I know he's trying to cook for me. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm like, all right, I don't have the, um, I was like, okay. I'm like, listen, this is a thoughtful gesture from somebody that I love and somebody that I know loves me, so the intent is there. Mm. Um, but I know I don't like this dish, but I've never had it prepared by you. Mm-hmm. So just putting myself in a position to be open mm. to receiving this blessing that somebody's trying to give me mm-hmm. with the intent of just loving on me and just mm-hmm. doing it in relationship and in connection. Mm-hmm. And I sat there, I didn't say anything. I just watched, but I watched how meticulously you put everything together and the timing and how calm and graceful you were with stirring and, hey, if you need something, and just like you were just in a pocket. Mm-hmm. right? It was like listening to... Uh, when I hear basketball players talk about, be- I heard Kobe talking about being in flow state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just you were just in flow, and mm-hmm. everything came, and the timing, and and even when I thought it was done, I'm like, how long is he gonna stir? <laughs> I'm like, Shannon, this, this he high C ass up there stirring. I'm like, it's good, it's fine. Okay, like <laughs> then I'm like, okay, and you know, you relate that to to Shirley and being in the right mindset. And I can recall times, you know, and you know, you've been with me through the valleys. So I was married before, got divorced. Mm -hmm. And I remember just on a communication level, I would force, like if I sensed something being wrong, I would force the conversation. Like, Mm. I know something is wrong. What's wrong? Oh, I'm fine. What's wrong? Like, tell me what, and I would force the issue. I had to, let it be known. Let my thought be known or let my intent or my purpose or what I want it be known. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not realizing I was doing damage. Mm-hmm. And then I adjusted and learned like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. Listen, if you do want to speak, mm-hmm. if I'm the person you choose to speak to, I'll be over here. Mm-hmm. Right. But I had already beat my head into the wall so many times. Right. And and it made me think about that moment of just like part of me was feeling the itch of like, let him know before he gets locked into this dish. <laughs> I don't eat that. I don't eat that, bro. But just stay in the course and being open to what's possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or what could be created in that moment. And I was blown away because I trusted. Mm what was being given to me mm-hmm. by somebody that I know that I can trust. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, even, you know, in relationship, even with your spouse, it's like, you know you got the manual, the blueprint, but you still want to be committed to mm-hmm. what it is that you want. And you're not open to all of what else could be possible outside of this particular interaction that you think you know is going to play out this way. Yeah, that that is, that 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 ability to be able to see that 
recognize it for what it was, that that it, now that shows that because I'm I'm on this quest for 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 like emotional mastery, mm, like yep. and, and I've said a couple, I've put up a couple posts that that people were like kind of disrupted people in their spirits, but it's like I don't just want to be emotionally healthy. I want to master my emotions because I know um, it's just like you know how to fight, but then there's Bruce Lee. There's levels. There's levels, right? So I don't just want to know how to fight. I I want to know how to to master the ability to just the one inch punch or the you know all of these other things that he was about and his philosophy was about. It was about mastering who you were in a particular moment. And so when my wife is upset or frustrated or whatever, I don't just want to handle that in an, in, a, in an emotionally healthy way. I want to master that interaction so I can get the fullness mm -hmm. from it and she can get the fullness from it. That's our goal. And you would think, well, what does that have to do with risotto? But if you don't, Develop, you got to hone that skill. You got to develop it. And of course, I, I mean, I, my life is a metaphor. So I think I frustrate a lot of our clients sometimes when, in a coaching session because I'll bring up a metaphor and it'll seem like I'm off in left field. And it's like, what are you on the prayer line? Yep. It's like, what is he talking about? But then once I bring it around, it's like, Ah, uh, I see what you uh -huh. did there. Uh -huh. <laughs> now I've been there. I'd be talking to my friends, girl. They'd be like, These, you always want to talk about the moon and the stars. What do this have to do Ooh. with this right here? What are we talking about? We talking about playing Scalzi, and you want to be talking about right. the trajectory of the lines <laughs> and the connection to the... I'm like, they're like, bro, right. I don't want to do this no more. Right. But I understanding that there's transference and everything. Mm-hmm. And the mindset that you adopt here allows you to build the muscle to take that mindset into the next thing. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's transferable value in that. Mm -hmm. So even hearing the way you were speaking about the risotto and having watched you work, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. okay. And then you just making a reference to Shirley, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I so you, you. you earlier, you had, mentioned, you had mentioned about B&H's in your apartment, in your house back, back in New York, right? Because you got all this gear, but you hadn't really taken the time. But you framed it as if you weren't capable. That yeah. was the framing, right? Yeah. And so the, the initial framing was like, like, I can't figure that stuff out. But I, I knew in my mind who I'm dealing with, and you can figure out whatever the hell you want to figure out. Yeah. You just have to put your mind to it. And then I very, realizing who I was speaking to, <laughs> right? I was like, I, I choose. You chose. I choose not to. And right. exercising the power of choice for whatever the reason, right. but taking ownership of my choice. Right. right? I, you know, self diagnosed like i'm just i'm more of on the impatient side of the spectrum right man. right i just i measure opportunity cost and like yeah i could sit and do this and and i get frustrated and i don't want to you know so like i get into that whole bag and i'm like you know what i could just have you know somebody what would help you hone that skill what's that learn how to make risotto yeah because you can't be you can't rush it you can't you just can't or i could treat it you know, something that I love is just like treat it like a game of chess. A game of chess. 
How so? How so? Tell me how so. One with with chess, it's it's so one in my approach when I teach people how to play, I don't start and teach people how to move pieces. Mm-hmm. I teach people what checkmate looks like. Mm. So the one thing I am really good at is how to frame a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. really good at how to frame a shot mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to know this is what I'm working towards. Like mm. this, the environment, cultivating mm. that. So I, when I teach people how to play chess, it's always this is what checkmate looks like, and let's work our way back. So it is the quintessential beginning with the end in mind. Yes, I want you to know what success looks like. This is what you're working towards. Now I teach you about the players, the pawns, the rooks, the queens. The, nice. And now I teach you how to use them together in concert and all of the possibilities. And then we start going through, uh, we, we look at broad strategy. We look at developing pattern recognition. Mm. We look at really something that you've imparted to me that I will carry with me to my last breath is, Anticipation and initiative. And initiative. Right? It's it's anticipating what's coming and then taking the initiative to satisfy mm. what may be requested before it's requested. Mm. Right? I knew that from playing chess, I just didn't have language. Mm. So I'm always playing anywhere between 10 moves ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm factoring in things that you don't even think that you, I don't even know that, that you thought it yet, but I've already anticipated it. Mm-hmm. And that pattern recognition and knowing how to move these pieces. Now we start to get into tactics mm. specifically. So, okay, I work with um, using two pawns or I just work specifically with a gambit, with a queen's gambit. Okay, and then what happens when I sacrifice the pawn here? Or what happens when I push the knight first and then move, like... I'm playing all sorts of scenarios tactically in tight bunches. Mm. But it, I could very well apply that to the equipment. Okay, well, if I just focus deliberate practice on just the audio, mm-hmm. just on framing a shot, mm-hmm. just on lighting, mm-hmm. and then how do I create the relationship between proper lighting, framing, and environment? Come on, b and connect Come that on, baby. to audio. <laughs> right, but it's it's... And I think humans do this sometimes, but I'll just focus on myself. But we don't, we choose not to apply what we know to something else. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking to somebody in a barbershop and I, w- I was just talking about the concept of unconditional love. Yeah. And people don't necessarily grasp the concept of unconditional love until they have a child. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But people think that unconditional love is only relegated to their child. Yes. And my thing is, the moment at which you acknowledge that you could have unconditional love and choose this for a child that you just met. Right. And you done had a mama your whole life and best friends and siblings. And you realize this is the only person you got unconditional love for. And I ask you all the questions. And logically, it doesn't make any sense, but just this is who I choose to do it for. Right, right. At that point... I have to say, you can apply unconditional love to other people. You just choose not to. You just choose not to. It's a mindset. It's a mindset, bro. 
My gosh. And the sooner we take ownership of the mindset, we take accountability and we're honest, right? So I, I think even in your analogy about the mastery of emotion, mm-hmm. the awareness is the first thing because you can't choose something that you're not aware of, right? Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. you have to get an understanding that awareness breeds choice. But then there's okay, am I going there's there's this concept of like emotional tr- trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I can you be trusted to be honest about your emotions mm. and what you are feeling? Mm. <laughs> cuz cuz just being honest with me, there are certain people that I won't give the fullness of myself to because I don't trust them. Right, right. But it doesn't mean that they're not capable of handling it. I'm really not even giving them an opportunity to. Right, right. Or maybe I gave them the opportunity to and they dropped it. And so I never, I wrote them off. I never gave them another opportunity. Never that well again, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's not an indictment on them. That's... Me and my choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we got to be comfortable and, and take ownership of that. If the mindset is mastery, then regardless of how it plays out, we walk through all those steps as many times as we need to to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that I admire most about you and you and Shirley is like, I've been in Rock Bottom's basement before, but I don't think I never, ever, ever seen anything close to y'all testimony and the way that y'all have continued to not only like be with each other, but Mm -hmm. also teach and let people learn and like give instruction and give game around self and relationship and marriage is just unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know, know, it's interesting. I, I, one of the things that as, as much as Shirley and I have been through, one of the things that helped us to stay, helped me to stay with her was like, I, I would never think to divorce my children. Mm. There's not even a legal structure, I don't think, that I'm aware of. I mean, you can kind of be adopted by someone legally or whatever, but there's no... Revoke guardianship maybe. I right, know. but there is no... There's a whole system mm. around divorcing from a, a spouse. Yep. Right? There's lawyers, there's, you know, there's court the courts, there's specific types of judges, there like all of these these mechanisms that are in place to for the dissolution of a marriage. But you can't do that with a child. So how can you how can I um, be so accepting of the gift but be so dismissive of the gift giver. Mm. Right? So I understand. I mean, at some point in time, if, if a situation is emotionally and physically and spiritually damaging to you, you have to remove yourself from that situation. But most people, their mindsets do not allow them to get past the toilet seat being up or down. Yeah. Like, and, and I, and I, I, I don't want to trivialize you know, people, what pe- people's issues in marriage, in marriage, but some of the things that we see in our coaching practice is, is as simple as the toilet seat being up or down. It's not that simple, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. This is not, and this is what makes Shirley and I, how our, our how, what, what gives us the authority that we, that we operate in 
is because we've literally been through hell. Yes. Like we, it, it, it could not. I mean, other than, you know, you know, me, me, me killing her entire family or her killing my entire family or something like that. It can't get no worse than what we've experienced. And if we can choose to want to stay together and work through that trauma and that and, and all those things that we went to, then you can too. Especially when it's as simple as put the toilet seat down. Mm-hmm. Of course, once again, not that simple. That's that sounds the metaphor. That- when it when it's that simple, like all you have to do is boom, 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 and don't do this, boom, 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 and do. Do you realize that you are operating from a selfish standpoint in this moment? Like people, people don't process this. And it's like, if you just do this, 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 and this, y'all will be great. But they don't want to accept it and they keep pushing. But yet, you know, one of the questions that we ask our, our clients, we ask our clients, is your spouse, we all, and they get, they, they fall for it every time. <laughs> are you, would you withhold custody from your, from your children? Uh, to your from from your spouse and your child, would you deny them custody? And more often than not, we hear, "No, I would never do that." Um, and I'll, so then I ask further uh, uh, discovery questions, like, you know, are they a good parent? Are they loving and, and nurturing to? You? I mean, not perfect because none of us are perfect, but are they good? Like, are you afraid for your child to be? And they're like, no, no, no. So I said, well, then your spouse isn't evil. So why are you, why not just try to figure them out and figure you out and figure out how you guys can not only coexist but thrive mm. instead of just throwing away the situation? Because if what you because most people describing their spouse in a way that makes you feel like they're evil. Especially when you're going through it. Right? But they're not evil because you wouldn't want their child, you, you wouldn't want your child with someone that was evil. And so the simplicity of trying to shift our mindsets to the point that we could, one, even hear what the other is saying and even be concerned about how to navigate what they're saying. It's like, let that be the thing that moves you forward as opposed to throwing the baby out with the bathwater simply because you can't shift your mind. So I loved how how you framed chess. I wish I had met you when I first played because I was just – I don't know what I was doing. I learned how the pieces moved, and I started trying to move the pieces to win a game, win a chess match. And I, and I, I think I might have won one in my lifetime. But I left it alone because I clearly didn't understand um, what the, you know that whole beginning with. The, I didn't even really, I didn't know what checkmate looked like until I was in it. Until you was on the other end of checkmate, right? The losing end of checkmate. It's right. like, oh, that's. I didn't but, even see it coming. But but imagine, right? So, oh, I'm glad you said that. You didn't even see it coming. I start kids with the most basic checkmate. Mm-hmm. Checkmate requires two pieces. So I start with a king. There's three pieces on the board. There's a king. I usually use a queen and maybe a rook. Mm-hmm. Simple, and I show them what checkmate looks like in the most primitive fashion. Mm-hmm. And then I start to show them what checkmate looks like with three pieces mm. and with four and in more sophisticated situations. Mm-hmm. So now what happens is they start to get a vision of 
what it looks like from different positions and different angles mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, different mm-hmm, spaces mm-hmm, on the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now they're learning how to press, but then in the same token, they're learning how to identify when danger is coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's no longer just about moving these pieces, but mm-hmm. I have to be a strategic tactician. Mm-hmm. Because I have to know, okay, my game is being designed to gain control of the center or I'm playing a game to uh, to blitz his queen side. Mm-hmm. But also I have to defend my king mm-hmm. at the same time. And I also have to do that within the context of what they're doing offensively. Mm-hmm. But I have to control the tempo. So then there's styles. Do I have a dominant style? Mm. Right, there's games, and you know when you get into it, there's games like a playoff memory. But there's a game Bobby Fischer sacrificed <laughs> his queen intentionally mm. to bait a trap to win the game. And you would never, if I told you to sacrifice, you would never think to do. You'd that. Never think to do that. Mm-hmm. But Bobby Fischer was one of those players that wanted to take your soul from you. So he would like just crush an opponent because he was so that I'm gonna let you know what I'm doing. It's mm. so almost like God. They said Jordan used to call out, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to the baseline. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pull up and shoot two dribbles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't do nothing about it. You can't do nothing about then it." Then you have other players that are more crafty. They'll bait and set up a trap and let you come into it. Game is over. Right. Once you understand, now you see all of these different variables at, variables at play. But the same thing, I actually, chess is how I view life. I look at everything through angles and mm-hmm. relationship. And most people be like, well, how did you get, like, why are you thinking about that over there? And I'm like, why aren't you? Mm. I see how this thing affects that over right, there. Right. And you heard me talk about the impatience. So it's like, I've always had this, been in this juxtaposition of having to be in the present and then seeing mm-hmm. very clearly what's around the corner and mm-hmm. having to just wait like a sitting duck, mm. you know, or mm-hmm. working while I wait. Right, right. But the mindset of trusting the process and going through the process and not abandoning the process or just simply accepting the process for what it is. That's, that's, a, that's divine thinking. God, God, God to me... It, whatever you God Yah, Yah, Yahweh <laughs> Allah whatever whoever right um, God is a masterful chess player even in our creation mm-hmm. like to think all right I'm gonna do this 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 thing called a heart these lungs I need to connect them somehow so I need a circulatory system. Uh, that the brain needs to be the center focus that really controls like this is like he mapped out this intricate way that our bodies interact that in a in a ho- interact that in a in a in a state of homeostasis it's beautiful and perfect and even when we operate outside of that state when something is wrong it still has compensatory mechanisms built in yep. that call, like so I'm hearing God playing chess even in the creation of man or just creation of stars or an atmosphere or whatever. Just a photosynthesis is 
God's uh, was an ultimate chess move. Like, <laughs> right? We're going to need plants, and plants are going to need us. How how simple could that be? But if you if you have a, any of that out of balance, it takes the it it sends your world out of balance. That's a beautiful mind that does that, and that divineness that that we did that we did, we we really unfortunately the christian church doesn't aren't comfortable with us associating ourselves with divinity but what you just described about chess is a divine thought process i mean it's actually in the bible that we are made in the likeness and image so that well, you know, humans got to yeah, control I, the narrative. And I get it. That's not, not a narrative that folks are, are comfortable with. Um, I've personally become much more comfortable with the understanding of who I am. And then that helps me be a better me to my wife. Because I was a horrible me to my wife. Mm. Now I'm a better me to my wife because I was able to accept the fact that, that the one who created me created me in his own image after his own likeness. And that means something. But if I can't, if I can't even see that simple fact, then how can I love her in a way that, that is unconditional? How can I choose to love her in a way that we describe as unconditional? It'd be impossible. I, I, I again, the the level of we need some weed or something. We need some brownies. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a drink or something, something brown. <laughs> it's getting deep in here. Hey, listen, it's it's I like it's such a choice, right? Mm -hmm. And and to be able to choose that despite whatever pain, mm. whatever situation, whatever ridicule, whatever like that is and I, and I'm saying that because I've been in this situation. I've I remember being outside like just sitting outside in front of you know where I live and like sit got my car door open and I'm talking to Shan and I'm in the middle of a divorce and I'm going through everything and Shan is listening to me and he's like, "Hey baby boy, cut the shit." Okay? <laughs> and he's like, "Listen, if you not if you if you can't be a husband, then say that. Just own the fact that you're not willing mm -hmm. to do what is called of a husband, mm -hmm. and own that. Mm -hmm. Live in it. Live in it. Accept it, and go about your business. But don't sit here and agonize and twist and turn because we didn't have this conversation more than enough times for you to understand what's required for you to get through the situation if you want to get through it. Mm -hmm. Not denying or negating that you're going through pain. Not that I don't care mm -hmm. that you're going through it. But because you lived through it, through worse circumstance. Mm -hmm. It was very simple for you to see what was possible. Mm -hmm. But you, you were getting me to understand, like, listen, you're causing harm to yourself because you're not willing to accept what's here or what it is the that you, the reality of what is and the reality of what you want to do, but you feel like you have to do something else because of whatever else. Mm -hmm. So it's just being able to be honest with mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. and be raw and real in that moment. And just really tell me like, like cut the shit, get over yourself. Right. Like in a moment. And I could tell, I looked at that phone 
<laughs> did you want to throw it? Throw it? I looked at that phone like, did this one, did he, what did he just say to me? They can say he loved me. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Right, right. He talking reckless. And I'm like, but it's those moments where I need that. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy. I don't like when people tell me what they think I want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate when somebody could keep it 100 with me, raw, honest, because there's too many people that will acquiesce or will nice their way through the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need that in that moment. Mm-hmm. That was a freeing moment. Mm. That was a freeing moment, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I never forget. It. My fa- I had there was a I had another moment with my father. He was like, "Listen, you gotta accept that you care more right now, and so you're gonna be more sensitive to things mm-hmm. and accept that." Come on, pops. Again, I looked at the phone like. What? This nigga, right? Like, what here. are you talking about? He's <laughs> like, she beat you to not caring. Mm-hmm. She beat you to not caring. That's exactly crazy. She beat you to not caring. Cause we used to having that button where we'll hit the button, like, oh, man, I don't give a fuck about this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She got you. She got you. And oh, like. You know what I'm talking about, stop station. We, stop. stop <laughs> it was just, it was rough, but like that ability to just take ownership of where I was, take ownership of who I was, take ownership of the choice that I really wanted to make, but I wasn't exercising the courage and ownership to choose it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a moment where I go, okay, I know. Regardless of one, it gave me the lens. It got my head right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It gathered me. It got me grounded. But also let me know that I know that this person will never, ever, ever allow me to abandon myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you need that because there are going to be times when we get off course right. or when our brains get scrambled. Right. So you got to have a support system. You got to have somebody that you give permission to check you or to be raw with you in that way. Because if not, your brain is designed to keep you healthy and your brain is designed for you to survive. It's mm-hmm. going to find an out for you. I was, I was talking, to, I was talking to, to a couple people close to us and, and um, one of the things I kept hearing was, in my brain, blah, 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 blah. In my brain, blah, 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 blah. In my brain. And I was just like, you need to change your mind. Right, like you need to readjust how what's going on in your brain, because it's 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 not serving you. And I just mm. hear you. I just heard you say use that term. You know what was going on in my brain, and it's like, man, the brain it is the nerve center, and it keeps it helps us remain in a some sort of sensory uh, interaction with the world that we live in, but it also is the center of some mess. Mm-hmm. And will have us all the way jacked up doing stuff uh, uh, as, uh, what was that movie? I see dead people. It'll have us. A sixth sense. Yeah. It'll have us seeing stuff that's not even there. Mm -hmm. And we wonder how we got here. Our minds took us there. The imagination. Uh, um, And and I've I've adopted this mindset from him or this, this quote from him. Um, Kwame Ronnie Vanderhorst. Um, you might have heard us talk about Ronnie on the line. The first time I heard him say this was revelatory for me. 
He said the root of all maladjustment is in the thought processes. Mm. Then he went on to say, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. Mm. And so that coupled with the mindset of mind over matter, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter or change your thinking and you'll change your life. People don't understand that it all starts in the mind. Everything. So you can experience a different reality but for you to experience that different reality, you have to change how you think first. Mm. And that's why the work that you do to me is revolutionary. And I'm quite sure that there are others in the space, but you are the closest person to me in the space that has dedicated their life to helping people change it, shift their mindsets. Yeah. I, I believe that diversity of perspective makes us smarter, better people. Mm hmm. And I believe that every time you have an interaction, a conversation with somebody, they give you a lens. Like, I didn't live your life. Mm -hmm. But in us engaging and having interaction, I get you give me a lens in which to see the world through. Mm -hmm. And the more that we talk, I get more clarity mm -hmm. through that lens. Mm -hmm. And we need that because our, our perspective is but so big. Mm -hmm. And the more life that we live, that worldview starts to expand. Mm -hmm. But I remember reading... I think it was in the science of success. The the other uh, about uh, Wallace D. Waddles. Mm -hmm. Everything in the world was created from thinking matter. It was created mm -hmm. twice, right? Everything is created twice. Once in the mind, mm -hmm. and then it's manifested in the physical. Mm -hmm. So the chairs that we're sitting in, somebody thought, thought about designing first. it first, mm -hmm. right? The 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 phones that we have. Mm -hmm. The way we're groomed, mm -hmm. everything is designed for, but also who we are. The thought about who we can be mm -hmm. or what we want to be, mm -hmm. it has to start mentally first. Mm -hmm. But it's very, very easy for us to get scrambled and for us to get pulled in a different direction if we're not committed to taking ownership about that, really understanding the power of choice. If I don't like what's going on, I can make a decision and choose for it to be different. Mm -hmm. And it can be that. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like that, I can make another choice and choose to be out of that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's I think when we start to experience pain or life start whooping that ass, you want you want to scapegoat and say, "Oh, it's because him did it." Right, him did it. Instead of if I'm the person that has the power to choose, and in choosing, has the power to frame the world mm -hmm. through whatever worldview and have whatever perspective, mm -hmm. I need not play with that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can experience the same exact event and look at it from over here and it changes the whole trajectory of everything. Mm. Everything's just... I remember getting into a fight in my neighborhood Stuff got crazy. You know, people start looking, you know, me and my friends outside because people looking for us. We're outside, got guns on us, ready for protection. It's a whole crazy situation. You know, dudes is looking for us, driving around. My brother comes to get me. Like, yo, come upstairs, whatever. I get in the house. My mother like, pack your shit, you out of here. Mm. I'm like, but let me tell you what happened. Like, they swung on us first. We was, you know, we was giving respect to the old heads. And they, mm -hmm. it was a whole situation. I'm like, I'm trying to explain. 
My mother like, I don't want to hear none of that shit. I'm like, but just you taught me to defend myself. I wasn't being rude or disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I was respecting. Pack your shit, go get a. I'm like, my, I'm in high school. I'm like, what, what you want me to do? I got to go to school. She sent me to my brother's house. My brother was living in the studio with, you know, his, you know, uh, mother, his children and everything. I stayed there for a little bit and then I had to get up out of there because it was a tight space. I just mm-hmm, couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, when I looked at it, 16-year-old me, my mother kicked me out. Right. My mother didn't want me no more. This is my earth. This is like... Mm-hmm. I was doing what she taught me to do, defend myself, whatever. Mm-hmm. She put me out. Like, she just made me leave. I didn't even get the chance to ex- explain what happened. She didn't even hear me out. It's like Thanksgiving or something. Maybe a couple of years ago, me and my mm-hmm. sister talking. I ended up going to stay with my sister, like, eventually after, like, trying to figure out mm-hmm. where to lay my head. I went. eventually ended up staying with my sister. Me and my sister talking about it Thanksgiving, and my mother's like confused. My mother's perspective, which I never could understand because I wasn't a parent. Right. My mother's idea. So one of my brothers got killed as a teenager. Mm-hmm. In my mother's mind, her worst fear was being at work and getting a phone call that her son got killed. Mm. The best thing she knew to do was to send me as far away from there as possible. As possible. That was her way of protecting me. Mm-hmm. When I tell a story, I can't even relate to it in the way my 16-year-old self right. does because I have the perspective of, one, being a parent. Being a parent now. Two, yeah. understanding that a parent will do whatever they need to mm-hmm. do to protect their child. And then let me empathize with her, being a woman raising sons in mm-hmm. the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, the fear that she must have had, I can't even process that. Right. Right, and right. now looking at like, oh, that was an act of love, of protection, not rejection. Not rejection. Like for a long time, that metal. How much my time did it take for you to get to to understand that point? Over ten years. Over ten years. So you were twenty six, twenty seven years old. I was a grown man with kids before you even realized. Before I really got my mother's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I don't even like telling that story because I don't want it to paint or misconstrue her intent behind. Uh, it's no way you could possibly misconstrue. I knew immediately when you told me what her intent was. Her right. intent wasn't, boy, you getting on my nerves, you wilding. Get out. I knew immediately her intent was the primary safety of, 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 of her child. Yeah, it was. And the there, there was pride there. I couldn't. You know, even when my, I, I went to stay with my grandfather, <laughs> you know, old Africans, they not, listen, I went to stay with my grandfather after my brother told me to go. My grandfather like, listen, what happened? It's like me and my mother got into something. He's like, we're going to talk about it in the morning. Woke up, my grandfather was waiting over top of me. What happened? He's like, well, if you disgraced or you disobeyed your parents, you can't stay here until you make it right with her. Mm, wow. wow. Made me leave and go to school. I was living out of a gym bag. I had too much pride to go back because she rejected me. Mm. And because I already felt the way about just dynamics between me and my father, my, my mother, I'm cool. I'm good. I left my bag in my guidance counselor's office and would come and would 
come to school early, wash up in the bathroom, or I would go. I would go in the staircase in come my on, building. Homeless. Come on, homeless. <laughs> I would go in the staircase and stay in the staircase, but would not knock on that door and ask mommy to open the door. Wow. Wow. Until I went and stayed with my sister. And like it 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 was that. And then realizing I put myself in that experience mm-hmm. and you viewed it that way, and my mother's intent was completely something different. My mother take anybody kid in. Mm-hmm. So her even hearing that something like that happened to one of hers broke her heart. Mm-hmm. This misunderstanding, this commitment to my perspective being this way. And obviously I was a child, so I don't have the mm-hmm. bandwidth mm-hmm. to like, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, you never really know the perspective and you shouldn't even attach yourself to the perspective because you may live some life and get new perspective and it changes the way you relate to things that actually happen to you. Again, I can't tell that story the same way because I don't even connect to it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my perspective has changed. The, 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 the Something that's jumping out at me now is, um, is uh, Shirley has always been a proponent and, and, and really preached this is, is um, it, that's intentional living. Like now you've moved to a point of intentionality with yes. your thinking that now it's it 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 because what will happen is an unhealed person and a person who does not have mastery over their emotions or at least emotionally healthy will allow the replaying of that narrative that traumatic narrative to bring them back into the same feelings, the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. In the present. Right? In the present, and then have them acting on those thoughts. So you could leave out of here, out of this this podcast sitting, right? And then, <laughs> like, be bugging, you know, with the with, with, with people that you come in contact with. And they're like, where, yo, where is this energy coming from? Right. You pissed <laughs> off because you remembering that your mom did this and how it made you feel and blah, blah, blah. And it's this lack of intentional thinking. Like the, the Christian scriptures tells us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Mm. Right? That's a that's a that's a, a text. Another text would say, um, um, uh, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by becoming more intentional about the thoughts that come in and out of your mind, now you're able to choose a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Simply because remember the because if, if the root of all maladjustment is in the thought processes, then the root of all adjustment is also in the thought processes. Yep. So if you want to see a better outcome, you have to change how you think. Choose your, change your mindset. You have to change, and to do that, you have to be intentional about the thoughts that are coming in and out of your mind. That requires you to take ownership mm-hmm. and to be in control. And absolute and complete control. Absolute control. And you have to, the good, the bad, the beautiful, ugly that comes with that. So for me, I want to. I seek out new perspective Mm. because I know it's going to enrich my life. It affords me new options to choose from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me still being attached to what 16-year-old Dewan thought, that's cognitive dissonance at this point Mm because I already know Mm -hmm. she told me better. Mm -hmm. But some of us are so fixed with some of us are happy with the benefits that come with being a victim. Mm. The perceived benefits. The perceived benefits, actually. <laughs> right? But it, but 
I'm I want absolute autonomy, freedom, control. Freedom. Ooh. That's all I want is freedom. freedom. Freedom to be pure, unadulterated, Dewan, unapologetically myself at whatever cost. And and what that does is allows you to do the one thing that you were created to do. And that's the love. Mm. It frees it 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 shakes off the shackles of of all of the weight and the mess and it just simply frees we were if we were made in the image of God and and the and the one main description of God is God is love, that means we are love. Mm. But our ability to be love is thwarted by the the, the corruption of our mentals, of our mindsets. And if the work that you and I and, and Shirley and others that are trying to get people to understand and manage their mindsets, it's, it's the work, it's, it's valuable work and we gotta continue it. We gotta do it for ourselves mm -hmm. so that we can grow and expand and experience all that the creator has for us. And so that the people that we serve or the people that we just ride in the Uber with, the Uber driver or the waitress, <laughs> right? Or the what if we if we can choose uh, a time to be able to or an opportunity in, in space and time to add value mm. and to love, that's that now we now we can our epitaph will read. That's what I want my epitaph to read. Not mm. Shannon was a mindset shifter or Shannon was a dope coach or that Shannon loved freely and unconditionally. Mm. Yeah, that's hard. I like that. Listen, we gotta get up out of here. Leave the people with a final thought as we sort of wrap this up or this concept of mind over matter. Leave people with a thought, and then we'll let people know where to find you. I um, I have been uh, in a battle with myself mm. to be better, to be um, more intentional to be, uh, to execute at a higher level. Mm -hmm. And so this, this, this whole concept of, 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 of mindset shifting as a speaker, as a relationship coach, um, as an author, uh, is very, very practical for me. It's very real and tactile and present, mm. right? It's not just something I do to make money or do to make people feel, you know, make, I know I, I could care less if you think I'm deep or not. But if I can leave an interaction and having left an impression that is life-changing, then that is the goal. And that's, the, that's what I want to leave with people, with dealing with their children, with their parents, with their, with their interaction, with the Uber driver, with the waitress. <laughs> like really, really leave interactions having people being better. And if you can do that, then I, if I can help you do that, then I've accomplished my goal. And, and the only way that you can ever uh, heal from those traumatic spaces, uh, traumatic emotional spaces, is by truly changing how you think and how you see. It is mind over matter. If you change your thinking, you'll change your life. Mm. Uh, it's a must. Yeah, you definitely helped me change my mindset. So I'm I'm eternally grateful to you. You know, yes, I love I love me some Shannon Austin. Oh man, I love sure. me some Dewan Mutonga. You know that. So let's let Shirley would say Mutonga. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let the people know where to find you and uh, and how they could connect with you. Hey, man, um, you know, of course, with Shirley and I, it's Marriage Inc. everywhere. Mm-hmm. At Marriage Inc. on TikTok, on on Instagram, on Facebook. Our website is marriageinc.us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, I'm stepping out into the deep. Mm-hmm. As a speaker, I've, I've, I've hidden that talent, you know, under a bush for too long. So right now you can catch me on Instagram at it's Shannon Austin and, you know, more to come on that, man. I'm, I'm, I, I want to help. Like, I, I believe that, uh, that, um, that, uh, like, you know, we're in the, we're in the, uh, uh basketball, uh, semifinals now. I believe that a championship is won or lost in the mind first. Yep, and so I want to help um, pro athletes. I want to help collegiate athletes. I want to help corporate entities understand how to sh- how to shift the mind. And so, uh, and my platform for for that is coming. Um, mm-hmm. It's coming. The speaking platform. Yeah, I can't wait for that. that. It's gonna be that. crazy. We gotta do some stuff together, bro. Hey, listen, let's make it happen. Don't threaten Yo, me with a good time. Captain, that's that's that combination. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Yeah, don't threaten <laughs> me with a good time. I'm around. Hey, listen, y'all know me. I'm Dewamu Tungo and everything. Um, I want y'all to share this with somebody who you think may find value in it. I want you to like, subscribe on all streaming platforms, leave us a rating, leave us a review. I'll be back with y'all on the next pod. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.